here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. Why not bring Virgil back? He's in the game. Cross promotion. Bring him back. Jeff Hawkins. We have more stories for Virgil than we have half of our mid-card. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. I don't know, Jeff. I don't know with your explanation how they can't bring him back at this point. This year is coming up, Virgil. He needs the money. Hello and welcome, everybody, to episode 57 of Shake Them Ropes, the Merry Christmas edition. And happy, happy holidays for all of you who uh, who love that saying. Uh, Rob McCarron here alongside via the internet Jeff Hawkins at CrapGame13 on Twitter. You can contact the show at ShakeThemRopes. You can follow us. ShakeThemRopes.com is where you can get all our past shows and find information for our any future live shows. We are here to talk some wrestling. Jeff, how are you today? You know, naughty announcers get Michael Cole in their stocking. That's true. <laughs> Luckily, I, just, I've never. I just love that you uh first you throw a Curtis Hughes drop on me and next it's Virgil. Oh yeah, they're gonna keep coming too. If you can find the one where I go, this will be the only time you ever hear about PN News on our show. I'll try to find that one. <laughs> See what, it's one of the first ones. What this requires is me to go back through all of our shows and listen to the greatness that was our audio and <laughs> uh pick out the moments for this intro. And uh, I had to throw my had to throw the Virgil one in there. It was either going to be that today, a little behind the scenes action. It was either going to be that or the Pat Tanaka story. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, this is the holiday edition of uh, Shake Them Ropes. We'll be the one show on Voices of Wrestling that will not trash Kwanzaa. That's right, <laughs> because we're not going to talk about it at all. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that one. But uh, we got some wrestling to talk and a little bit of a change of pace. It's it's going to be more so some of the sideshows of WWE. We're going to talk a little bit of NXT. We're going to talk about where people in NXT are going from here after uh, TakeOver Our Evolution. We're going to talk about uh, some Dolph Ziggler start and stop pushes that is currently still in the start mode. And uh, we're going to talk about Dean Ambrose finally getting a win on a show that no one's going to see. And then later on, we're going to continue our WWE Top 100 matches to see before you die uh, via WWE.com. We're going to get into number 95. We're mowing right through these. We're going to get into uh, number 95, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant from WrestleMania 3. And I know most of you out there have never seen this match, so stick with us and we'll talk all about it here on Shake Them Ropes. A lot of stuff to talk about. Jeff, are you excited? I am, actually, uh, especially for 95 and 94 once we get around to that, too. Yeah, so we got some matches to talk, but uh, let's talk NXT. You watched this week's NXT. I did. And I watched this week's NXT. It was the first episode after TakeOver Our Evolution uh, and sometimes these first episodes are really telling to see where the uh, future is going to uh, take NXT as they head towards their next special. And uh, we got a little continuance from the main storyline coming out of uh, TakeOver Our Evolution with Kevin Owens. And then we got some uh, we got some new music for Becky Lynch. Yeah, we need uh, more new stuff for Becky Lynch. I tell you what, we'll start with this Becky Lynch character because uh, first thing I noticed through the show, she had a singles match in the show and mm-hmm. they're starting to really uh, push her more towards the solo act instead of being with uh, the Sasha Banks act for forever. I, I guess they didn't obviously break them up or anything like that. They're just planting the seeds for when they're going to go when, for when we should pay attention more to Becky Lynch and not just Becky Lynch as Sasha's sidekick. Okay, I'm not really reading that just yet based on the promo. The promo to me was, (laughs) it's odd because this Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks uh, 
partnership has been going on for a few weeks now. Yeah. And that was, that was a week one promo yeah. in terms of, I just turned, she's shown me the light. And now it's like, now I want some development. Now I want to see you, you know, change up the look. Maybe how is she affecting you? What's, what's, what's happening here? You know, I know she got some new ring gear. Yeah. Great. She's still coming out almost as a face to her music and doing in ring, uh, you know, the, the, the head shaking and, and the, uh, and the punk rock hand signals and whatnot are still a little, they're a little on the face side. I, I wouldn't say they're totally completely face. I know she's basically working the crowd that way, but, uh, I need to see some more, I think, on this. Yeah, I suppose what it was is the backstage promo to me was, okay, you have her there alone, so she's not yeah. with Sasha Banks. So she's telling her reasons for why she kind of started with Sasha, but now it's, it's to me, leading into her motivation to why she's going to you know, continue to try to be the best, if you will, continue with this new persona that she is. So very well could be wrong. I mean, we're going to have the rematch, Sasha and Charlotte, here on NXT, I think next week, maybe the week after. Yeah, that's a bit soon, I thought. It's incredibly soon, but I guess in the same way is if they do the next takeover in March, like I it's think gonna, they're it's, going it's, to do. It's going to be someone different. It's going to be someone different, probably okay. Becky. Yeah. And they have to get kind of the rematch, if you will, out of the way and then start the new storyline. And maybe you do something with the three of them. You know, maybe you do something with the four of them. For all I know, the next takeover special could have Bailey and Sasha and Becky and Charlotte in like a four-way and you have the female version of their four-way. I, I don't I'd, know what you're going to do, but uh, that would be intriguing because if you're going to do that, you may as well, because I don't see Charlotte. Charlotte's like the Sami Zayn to me, you know, Charlotte's not going to be down in NXT much longer after WrestleMania in my eyes. Okay. No, WrestleMania last year and not so much the year before, but in a way WrestleMania is kind of your period where you refresh the roster a little bit, bring up some of the talent from NXT and if I was going to bring up any of the talent, and it may just only be these two, but I'm bringing up Sami Zayn and I'm bringing up Charlotte at that point. So do you do you throw all the storylines together into one for Charlotte and just have a four way match? Maybe someone wins the title like Bailey or Becky, you know, and then you set up the Bailey and Becky program, or you set up Becky and Sasha uh, with one of them turning babyface. Um, it's kind of one of those things where we talk about the directions going into it, and we. We don't really know what the direction going into that next takeover is going to be uh, just because they're still kind of recovering from the last takeover with all these rematches. No, that's true. And it's also tough, especially on the women in NXT, because there's a vast difference between how they treat the women in NXT and how you're treated as a WWE diva. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and, you know, I mean, I could I could take this women's division in NXT, take an hour of SmackDown and take a couple of the women that they don't use in the Divas division and create a very compelling one hour television show, I think, a week. I, I love this division so much. And I think their whole push or their whole marketing plan for Divas goes against a lot of what makes the women's division great. Yeah. Um, I think it's also time to do something with Bailey. I hope it's not Turner heel, but. She needs, <laughs> she's been beat up enough. <laughs> I hope it's not the turn heel type of move because that seems to be their go-to move, which yeah. isn't a pattern yet. But if that were to happen, it would become a pattern. I uh, could, You know what I could see? And this was an idea I wrote, you know, especially if you're going to try and draw in younger female viewers, I'd make a tag team with her and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, sure. I mean that would be su that would be such an adorable tag team. It'd, well, it'd be almost sickening. That brings <laughs> up the point that we talk about how great this NXT women's division is. There's still more in that division that haven't been focused on lately. I mean, you right. still have Alexa Bliss. You have Dana Brooke, who uh, looks to be coming onto TV pretty soon. Here, um, you have Devin, who's you know right now the backstage interviewer, but she's doing house shows and she's doing dark matches. There's still women coming up in this division where it's going to get full here pretty soon if you don't move a Sasha or a Charlotte up. Right, but you have so much dead weight on the Divas roster right? that they don't do anything with now. Well, I mean... Yeah, by the time WrestleMania comes and goes, and uh, they'll be done with that season of Total Divas. So who knows if everyone's still going to be there or still going to be focused on, on the main roster. Um, 
I, I we just got to have some turnover in that divas division. Yeah, we have we, to. We, well, we have to have a. I think we have to have a rebranding of the divas division. I, I yeah. really do. I, I I just think them being divas and them, you know, just all being catty, backstabbing, terrible, you know, the whole misogyny play where men don't know how to write women has to be (laughs) reevaluated. I mean, it really does. Let's, you know, let's get, I mean, even when, see, I haven't watched a lot of this in a long time, but even when they had, you know, Trish and Lita Mm -hmm. and that school where, where, what, what we consider the golden age of the women's division the characters were still a lot like that. I mean, Lita jumped from man to man. Trish was a backstabbing whore, right. if you will. It, it wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really that the characters were, were well-written. It was that they had great matches in the ring. And they weren't always doing it for themselves. Right. Whereas we have the women now where Sasha Banks is doing it for herself. Charlotte's doing it for herself. You're still on the main roster. Even someone like Natalia. Now, AJ Lee is doing it for herself. Yes. We have Natalia, who is kind of doing it to get out of the, uh, I don't know if it's really getting out of the spotlight of Tyson Kidd or trying to make her own spotlight, or she's just trying to prove, you know, whatever worth she has on the main roster. Um, I guess you could say Nikki Bella is doing it for herself. So you, you, but you don't really have a lot of depth to the character. She's just bad now. And the yeah. whole reason why she was bad was because she was jealous of Brie and now Brie is alongside her. So why are they bad? You don't have a lot of depth to the women, but you have a lot of depth with the women in NXT, at least a good background or a good you have, uh, place you to have start. Po- you, have po- you have potential there. Right. Because, I mean, even that Charlotte promo wasn't very good either. Well, she's still learning. The backstage one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. She's still trying. She needs to be focused on character. And, and the problem was halfway through that interview, she went from being herself to being the character. And yeah. turning that on and doing her catchphrases that was it genetically superior. Well, we've talked about and, that a lot with Charlotte. Yeah, is yeah. because she'll break, especially when she was full out heel. Yeah, she'll break and laugh, and she'll break that character quite often, especially in the ring. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what you do with that though, because she's been doing that for a year. What what would happen if Charlotte gets on the main roster, and all of a sudden every promo she's cutting, she's breaking from whatever character she is. Especially when they give her scripted lines to say. Well, that's just it. it. It's it's you know that's the moment she she ends up breaking. I, you know what you know what would happen? She'd be like almost every other diva on the roster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no one would really notice. Oh no, another bad diva who can't. I mean, look what's happened to Paige. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like Paige is cutting excellent promos up no. there. And She's, uh, that the backstage segment. She had a backstage segment on main event this week uh-huh. with Titus O'Neil and Rowan, where what? Rowan is teaching her how to play chess. Of course. And she is looking at Rowan like, like this is a man she wants to be with. And then <laughs> Titus O'Neil comes in. Titus O'Neil is jealous that Paige is hanging out with Rowan. So Titus makes fun of Rowan. You know, you're not playing chess. You're playing checkers. That's all your pea brain can play. And then Rowan challenges him to a game. Titus, now scared because he didn't know Rowan was going to call his bluff, and he does not know how to play chess. Rowan beats him in like two moves, and Paige again looks at Rowan, stars in her eyes, and it was amazing. There, it's twenty a, twenty some odd writers to come up with. I that. don't know, man. There, it's yeah. a one minute backstage segment that no one's going to watch with Rowan, Titus O'Neil, and Paige. But you're right about Paige, especially during that feud with AJ. Is nothing they were saying was that compelling between each other. They were nope. just feuding for three or four months. And now Paige is lost because she's having three-minute matches on TV. She's She doesn't really have a story right now. I don't know what you're doing with the... I mean, and this her, is, again, the refreshing and her, and her character her character is exactly the same as every other diva. She's a yeah. psychotic, psychotic, off-the-rails woman. Yeah. That, that's, that's the only character they have right now other than maybe Nikki Bella, although... That's debatable as well. I would say hire Aaron Sorkin to write some depth for the women, but I don't know if that would work. I think that would actually be worse. Sorkin no. fan, but we know we know the truth. Yes, he can't yeah. write women either. He cannot write for women. Um, speaking Him, of women, uh, Walter, Walter Hill, yeah, uh, Tarantino. <laughs> right. Well, maybe Tarantino could. Coming out of uh, 
NXT TakeOver, our evolution, one of mm -hmm. the things they hyped for TV in the next week, in fact, the only thing I believe that they hyped for TV in the next week, was Renee Young sitting down with Kevin Owens. Jeff, did that happen on this week's NXT? Unless I'm misremembering, it did not. Plans change even in NXT, folks. They literally advertise Kevin Owens sitting down with Renee Young halfway through the NXT TakeOver special, and then one day later, one day later at the NXT TV tapings, there is no sit-down with Renee Young and Kevin Owens. Now, maybe they filmed the sit-down at TV or TakeOver, and then they just decided not to use it. Who knows? But yeah, there was no sit-down. We instead had uh, Kevin Owens coming out to, uh, to confront Adrian Neville, and then that was your basically show-long storyline. And how'd you like that match at the end of NXT uh, TV this week? Adrian Neville and Kevin Owens. It wasn't a main event quality match, but it was a fun little match, I thought. It's a fun I TV. Thought, I thought, uh, yeah, yeah, I thought Kevin Owens played that crowd well, doing the yeah. stalling tactics. Uh, I thought Adrian Neville cut a really good promo, at least a really good for him promo, at the beginning of the show. Um, he needs to stop looking at the ground. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> help when, when short guys, and this was always my problem, because I, I mean, personally, I look at the ground all the time. Yeah. And you become very unassuming. Especially well, when he, he's a little shorter than ever and he's looking down and no, you know, you're not going to look down at the ground. If you're a star, you have your head up. You got to keep your head right, up. Right. And, and well, it's a sign that, that your you're not sure that you're not sure of yourself. Oh, absolutely. And, and we need you to look into that camera. And we, even if you're talking to the crowd, occasionally you need to look into the camera. Stare uh, right there. into it. Yes. Um, yeah. It's like, if you look up into the right mm -hmm. uh, in your head, uh, it means you're lying. So <laughs> there, there are always little telltale signs uh, about things. And, and I think he was uncertain because he was trying to remember the phrasing of the lines he was given rather than really speaking from the heart. Right. I think, it, I, and, and this is going to be a problem with a lot of the guys now that they're over scripting. If they can speak from their heart, if they can say their own words as opposed to somebody else's, you know, even if they take their, other, those other words and put them in their voice, they're going to be a lot more confident out there than if they're trying to remember things. I mean, we saw it with Sasha a couple weeks ago where she stumbled a bit. We've seen it with Roman Reigns week after week now where he can't remember anything. And he just blanks out there for 30 seconds while he's trying to remember what he's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, the Roman Reigns will do that. And I'm hoping at some point soon that stops happening. Um, a two-hour we... two workshop with Howard Fine is not going to teach no. him how to act. No, it's not. But just be yourself. Every time Roman Reigns is in one of those backstage segments with either Renee Young or someone else, and he's just being himself, he's a likable guy. Yeah. He is what John Cena was when John Cena was a likable guy and started his rise, you know, a decade ago. And people liked seeing him because when he was himself, people wanted to follow that and they were attracted to that. And Roman Reigns, when he's by himself, not reading scripted lines, he is a likable guy. But when he's reading scripted lines, He's he not necessarily corny. Yeah, he's not unlikable, but there's going to be that momentary pause. And what's going to happen is the guys in the crowd are just going to laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he stumbled again. Because that happened in Cleveland. That happened on Raw the next night. Whatever day it was where he's talking about decreeing himself into the Royal Rumble. <laughs> and he couldn't say decree. Like, who, who is that? Is Roman Reigns... Going out there and saying, I decree, I'm in the Royal Rumble. Is that I happening in real life? the Royal Rumble. I, listen, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear. Yeah. I mean, what is happening there? Let him speak, or at least if you're going to write for him, let him tell you how he would say the line, and then you write that. Exactly. That's what they should be doing. The writer should be going and going, hey, here's my idea for the promo. I want you to say you're going to enter into the Rome, Royal Rumble. Uh, I would say I'm decreeing that I'm going in. How would you say it, Roman? And he'd, you know, grunt a few words and tell you how he said it. I'm going to enter and I'm going to kick some ass. Yes. Turns into, I decree that I shall throw ye over the top rope. <laughs> yeah, I shall throw ye. <laughs> Why not just make him that? Make him a royal guard. Oh, Ye good, sir. You may go over the rope now, please. Thank you. Yeah. Just let him talk. Well, which is cool because in NXT, a lot of the, when they do their promo classes and when they do uh, their skills presentations, they let them say whatever they want to say. It may turn out bad. It may turn out pretty well. It may just be whatever. 
but at least they're trying to think on their feet and come up with things to say on their own. Right. That's what you should be doing. There's a lot of things in the performance center they're getting right. It's just all about mending it together. But yeah, you got to let them come up with their own things to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, Curtis Axel is coming to NXT. Mm, Well, so did Titus. Hey, he got a clean win over Sammy, so maybe... Yeah. Maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna job Sammy to Curtis Axel. I was looking at uh I was trying to find the TV tapings to see what exactly he did at uh at TV this week. Cause I know he has this backstage promo with uh William Regal, basically saying he needs a fresh start. He needs to reinvent himself kind of way. So mm-hmm. can I come to NXT? And in glory, William Regal says, I'm kind of busy. There's no spot for you. Let me do some research to see if I can fit you in. Is effectively what he says. This is so odd because Joe Hennig was so hot no. coming off of his previous run down there when he got moved up as Michael McGillicuddy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What a great name. So Curtis Axel will be on the show in two weeks, it looks like. And without spoiling it, needless to say... I don't think he reinvents himself very well. Mm. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, but that kind of leads into, I and mean, this is a, a WWE guy coming to NXT, and for all I know, it may be a one-taping thing because they tape four weeks of TV. Sometimes these guys come down, they're in the area, maybe there's no house show that they're booked for, so they're there, and they can work that one TV taping, which may be three or four episodes. Doesn't necessarily mean Curtis Axel is an NXT guy now. Well, like I said, they did this with Titus O'Neil. Right, they, they did, did this with, with Cesaro. Cesaro, uh, Kid was on. I mean, Kid's kind of like a hybrid NXT guy. He's on every episode now. Right. Um, so he's the one difference. But he is reinventing himself. I mean, that guy was going nowhere on the main roster. And here he is in NXT, and he's one of the best things about the show. Yeah, and he's still going nowhere on the main roster. That's true. Mm. And, but hey, at least he gets TV time when he's, you know, true. ringside for Natalia. Fact. That is a true statement. That is a true statement. Um, but that leads me to believe, because we're talking about WWE guys who come down here. Uh, an interesting question was brought up on our Twitter and also the Voices of Wrestling forums about guys like Finn Balor and Hideo Itami and whether or not their tag team run is kind of over because really their whole tag team uh, coming to fruition was based on eliminating the Ascension. And now they've done that. Do you see these two guys going their own separate ways as singles? And if so, what will they do as singles with the top of the card pretty much full? Uh, what do you see with Hideo and Tommy and Finn Balor coming up on the next uh, future, what, like eight weeks? Probably mid-card feuds with other guys. I think they do go their separate ways. Yeah, because their tag um, team run is kind of over, a Tom, right? I think a Tommy needs to be separated because he's been blown away by by finn ballot yeah. yeah um you know they'll find guys they'll definitely find guys i think I tyler see- i think tyler breeze and one of these guys would be a great feud i was thinking yeah you would put tyler breeze with one of them uh, maybe you have a curtis axel come down here and you have him kind of spar with one of these up-and-comers mm-hmm. um but yeah i i don't see what the point would be to keep them as a tag team now they no. do wrestle as a tag team later in future weeks on nxt but again, like we said, the next four episodes, or at least the next three uh, after the first one that's already aired, is kind of just, you know, a reset in a way. Yeah, there. I mean, there are plenty of teams you can put them against, too, yeah. if you wanted to. I mean, they could have... Blake and Murphy are still there. Vaude Villains, uh, Lucha Dragons, the uh, the Italians. Uh, that Ascension promo was god-awful, too. The one on... Oh, on... NXT. Uh, yeah, NXT, yeah. Ugh. Well, heavily scripted it's always one of those things because i see a lot of bad mouthing of connor and people kind of embrace victor a little bit but connor it seems like a majority just are down on the guy both in ring and also with his uh speaking i'm not yeah i'm not really on connor i think think connor is a cool fit I think he's fine. It's, I think I think Victor's the weak link when you're talking about promos. We may be the only two. And I don't uh, know how you are. On, we, maybe we should talk about how they are as a team. I don't necessarily they're going to come up to WWE and be gangbusters and just run through and be this super hot act. I don't either. I think they're going to be a mid-card team. 
but I can see them being an act around for a while and something yeah. that's not going to be, you know, crapped on. I don't think crapped on. I just don't think they're going to move the needle in any way. Yeah, that's probably right. So they're probably going to be the mid-card version of the uh, Los Matadores. Yeah. Well. Maybe would, a little higher. Maybe a little higher because they're a heel team. Yeah, heel, I think. And especially. Heel, heel, teams, heel, heel teams get more play than face teams. And especially if they are Triple H's guys, you know, this whole are talk they? about. Well, remember, he's the one who wanted to build up the tag team division. Okay. And as we'll get to on next week's award show, we'll talk about that tag team division that's in WWE this year. Um, And there's not a lot of stuff in NXT. I mean, what are the tag teams in NXT right now? You got the Vaudevillains, you got the Lucha Dragons, and you have the Ascension. Those are the three. You have other teams, but those are the three. Yeah, no, that's true. And which one is going to come up to WWE and be this big deal? None of them. None. None of them. Lucha Dragons might get over, but it's been, I mean, people were talking about how Sin Cara might get over as the Rey Mysterio replacement. You know, neither of these two guys are Rey Mysterio. No. And one, I think, is even shorter. (laughs) I don't know if that helps him, just, you know, whatever. But I don't know which, I don't know how you're building this tag team division unless you keep a guy like Finn Balor together with Hideo Itami and actually, you know, make the tag team division star-oriented. No, that's true. You could also, you know, you could put these two in a feud with the Lucha Dragons, and then you'll have plenty of singles matches. Like, uh, you know, you put Callisto against these guys, and it'd be uh, interesting singles matches. And that's why I was responding to this. Uh, you know, I would just put Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy together, and maybe give them a little six-week run with the Lucha Dragons. You know, not that okay. they're going to win, but hey, this is a quality tag team. It's a big man tag team that you can feud the lucha dragons with they come out on top and that's you know, that's two months of tv that you have out of the way with the lucha dragons getting a you know a win something that's somewhat believable and somewhat credible you get them a win and then you see what you're going to do uh, after the wrestlemania season with them on nxt you know just it's not like you have a lot of tag teams they just ran through the vaude villains i don't think the lucha dragons are going to feud with the ascension because the ascension's coming up so what else do you have for them Enzo. Yeah, what did you make of Cass and Enzo on this week's NXT? Jeez, <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't really I, have a lot of thoughts about it. I could see them taking Carmelo and Cass yeah. and moving them up mm-hmm. and leaving Enzo down at NXT. I could very well see that quickly too. Like I can see a lot of things. I think you know. I think, man, I think Big Cass is ready for the main roster. He's the guy yeah. that they. He's the kind of guy they want. Big. Yeah, and. I was looking at a YouTube video because Big Cass has been around in developmental for a long time. Yeah. He's been there for a long time. He's completely changed his body from when he first started. Yeah. He was a big dude, but he he was fat. Let's face it. He was Chris Hero now, you know, (laughs) and he's, he's become, you know, still a big guy. Obviously he's more toned. He looks the part. I don't know if Carmella's ready yet because God, she just started wrestling. No, no, she's not ready yet, but. But you have you have Lana as a second out there. You can always have Carmella just as a second for the next year before she starts wrestling on the main roster, if you bring her up. But Cassidy is ready. That said, I enjoy, I do enjoy Enzo Amore. Yeah, he's such a flake, but he's going to be nothing but you know a a comedy act. Yeah. He's the Chicken Hawk from the Warner Brothers cartoons, which I enjoy. I could see them doing something like. You know what? If you really want to rebuild the tag team division, at least on the main roster, you take Cass and you take Marcus Lewis, Luis, Louis, yeah. Louis, the French. I'm sorry for Whatever. European people. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> and make them a new skyscrapers type tag team, and bring them in, repackage them in some way. Well, you got. I mean, it's NXT. You can do this repackaging. You yeah, can, you can put different pieces together with others to. To create but, whatever you think is going to be best before you get to the main roster. But yeah, no, I looked up uh, Colin Cassidy and he's 28. Yeah. He's not, I mean, you're old when you're 30, according to Vince. Well, and, and, and then they're looking to move, move you out. Yeah, but like H- by the time Atami, you're 35. Tommy's what, 36, 37? You know, Finn yeah. Balor is 34. You know, you got, oh, I know. You got some older guys there. 
I don't no, think it's that you, bad you, anymore. You, no, you have them on NXT. You don't have them on the main roster. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Oh, right. oh, sure. Vince has the ageism. Triple H doesn't. Right. Yeah. Well, so, so, but I think it's time to bring Big Cass up. Probably. I mean, not in the next couple of months, but. No. Well, I mean, yeah. I have this problem with we need something for creative to do with them as if creative sitting around thinking of things to do with them when they can't think of anything to do with their own roster. Well, they're thinking of keeping their jobs, number one. Yeah. So they write whatever they think the boss is going to like, which, I mean, is probably a job most writers do is writing what you think your boss is going to like. Well, you asked if I had a problem with it. I mean, no, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with their promo. I okay. thought it was kind of funny, to be honest with you. I didn't like that they lost to the Ascension, but yeah, yeah. But I don't, and I don't like the dis, you know the distraction storyline. Are they teasing a breakup or are they not? That I that I'm not sure about. So I'm going to give it some time because okay. you never know. One taping can can kind of lead to something, and then that's completely either forgotten or tweaked the next taping as they have two months to figure it out. So I don't know yet. I'm going to give it some time because I don't know why you would break them up right now. They haven't really peaked as a team yet. They just they're, added Carmella into the mix. They're a perfectly packaged sports entertainment gimmick. Small guy, big guy, hot chick. Right. That's true. Um, NXT. And then you had Corbin and uh, they're, Bull. They're going Bull. at it. Bull. We're, yeah, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that one because I, I I don't know how long they're going to drag that out, but it could be months. <laughs> it could be. But you, you said something. Uh-oh. Uh, in relation to Big Cass and Enzo about reshuffling. And I don't, is there anyone else on the roster that you would just say, okay, clean slate, let's stop what he's doing right now, and let's shuffle him up? You mean on the NXT yeah. roster? Yeah. I mean, is there anyone that, I guess if you want to, if there's anyone on WWE roster, well, that might be another show because there's probably a ton of people on WWE's main roster I would shuffle up and uh, kind of. I would. Repackage. I would get re- I, re- I would repackage CJ Parker. Yeah, it's it's time to stop that experiment, right? Right. That gimmick is is dead and buried, and that character is dead and buried. Yeah, I would. Uh, if I'm him, I suggest doing something else. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of other guys. You get got- well. Thing is, lately we haven't had that much. It used to be on NXT. You would see one group of talent on one episode, and then like the next episode was a completely different group of talent. Yeah, and you still kind of see that. But you'll have guys who are on TV three of the four weeks or maybe every week. Um, it, it hasn't been like that in the last couple of months where it's, you know, four different groups on TV. And to me, there's not a lot of people to reshuffle right now because most of the guys who would need reshuffling haven't been on TV lately, except for your Ty Dillingers and your Jason Jordans. and your Yeah, and those are the guys you'd think of. I mean, yeah. those are the guys who need something to do. I mean, it's kind of like what they did with Baron Corbin. You know, sure. he had been oh, on, yeah. and yeah. then all of a sudden he's repackaged, and boom, now he's somebody. He just has a story behind him. I think I think those are the guys you need to look at, the Jason Jordans, the, you know, the uh, Ty Dillingers yeah. of the world. And it's never too late because you have, no. you have Adam Rose there who was repackaged, what, four weeks before going on to TV, you right. know, as a completely different character. So you can do this. It's never too late to change what the characters are or find a different personality for these guys. And that's why I'm kind of looking up. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Chad Gable's debut because uh, Chad Gable on the house shows, uh, he's doing the amateur, you know, he's an amateur wrestler. That's his background. Right. He's doing right. the amateur gimmick, but on the house shows with Angelo Dawkins and I think Jason Jordan's on the team and a couple of others, he's doing the shooter gimmick where they have a posse. It's like a wrestling team. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. I remember reading about this and Chad Gable is going to debut on TV here soon. And I don't know if they're going to, you know, have that group on TV right away. But that's something that I would like to see on TV. I want to see where they do with that shooter gimmick and where they do it, where Chad Gable is the talker in this wrestling team. And every week it's a different one of the team members having their match. Yeah. They need a talker there. Cause I, I like Jason Jordan. Um, I think with something he could be a guy, but right now he needs seasoning. And that's fine. You, you have time with this. And, I'm really excited if they do the shooter. I think they're on the house shows called shoot nation. Yeah. I'm really looking forward because there's a ton of different directions. You can go there with not just the group, but every person individually within that group. There's a ton of directions you can go. 
and I'm for looking me, forward I'd, to seeing yeah, it. Yeah, for me, I'd like to split up the Lucha Dragons. I'd like to see Callisto on his own. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that they bring some of the guys in as a tag team early just to get their feet wet on TV and then do the singles run. So I'm sure we're going to get that singles run from Callisto. Just a matter of when. Um, but I guess they're not done with the tag team yet. And I think if Uha comes in, it's going to be very interesting as well. Yeah. Because that, that dude oozes charisma. <laughs> there's there's really a lot to be... I mean, as much excitement as we've had in the last four months of NXT with Hideo Itami and Finn Balor and Kevin Owens coming in, there's still a ton to be excited for in 2015, not just because of indie guys coming in, but the debuts on TV of guys they already have. Right. There's a ton to be excited for with uh, with NXT. Uh, uh, before we get off NXT, ahead. I have a quick question. I will have we, a quick we, answer. Well, we talk about... We talk about main roster guys yeah. coming into NXT for like a one taping run uh-huh. or a short term run. I'm gonna pose this question to you, and it sounds like a dumb question on its face. Them pushing Kevin Owens this quickly into the main event program in NXT. Is this a barometer for a short term program for Kevin Owens in terms of a short stay overall for him at NXT? I don't think so. Okay. I think he's got, I mean, if WrestleMania 32 comes and goes, that's probably the time we talk about Kevin Owens coming up. So I, I okay. think, I think they're just doing it now because one, we talked about it on the NXT takeover, uh, our evolution post show is I don't think Sami Zayn is long for this. And triple H and Ryan Ward really wanted to get that story out there. Yeah, for well, I was thinking about that as well, and I was just like, well, if this is a swan song for Sammy before going up to the main roster, you couldn't do much worse than giving him that big no. program again with with Owens, right? But then Owens is still down there. Owens so, will be down there, but I, I think after this program, you know, if you want a long Sammy Zayn title run, like look into yourself and figure out what you actually want. Do you, do no, you want I don't, Zayn? I don't, no, I don't want a long title run. Oh, I was just, I'm not saying you, I'm saying anyone out there okay. like, cause I've seen it, you know, not a whole lot, but I've seen some people say, I hope they give a long run to Sami Zayn. You know what? I hope they don't because I hope he's on the main roster in April. So if you're going to have this transition where Sami Zayn is the transitional champion to a Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens screams to me a wonderful heel champion to have it in a developmental territory like that, because you can build up a really strong baby face uh, to counter him. You can develop maybe a Finn Balor or Hideo Itami or uh, okay. Baron Corbin even. Uh, no, my, my, I was just wondering if there was any concern in the back of your mind that this just might be a short run in NXT for uh, Owens or if he's in it. Like a short in the, run in, in NXT I mean, it, and then he's gone? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. No, no, no. I don't think they sign a guy to a contract just to have him feud in Orlando, Florida and on the network for eight weeks. And then fire him and get rid okay. of him. Yeah, no, no. I Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I would say 0% of that happening. All right. Zero Fair enough. I just wanted to put that out there. On to the main roster. We, um, have, we spent 40 minutes talking about NXT. How well, cool NXT is we? worthwhile. It is. I love it. Uh, speaking of worthwhile or not worthwhile, did you watch mm-hmm. Tribute to the Troops on Wednesday? I did not. <laughs> Most of <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, hey, no, nothing I to be sorry wa- about. I watched, I watched the SmackDown. We talked on last week's show about how there was so much wrestling. <laughs> that was just the capper, Tribute to the Troops, a show that means nothing. And a show that was not watched by a lot of people. It got 2 million viewers on USA Network. So, you know, the, the usual WWE audience, the amount of viewers that are going to watch any WWE show, and a little more, probably. Uh, but Dean Ambrose was in the main event of that show against Bray Wyatt. Finally getting his big win against Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose winning on the show that no one's going to see. That that just about sums up Dean Ambrose, doesn't it? Sums up a lot, doesn't it? It it does to me. Yep. It does to me. Because now I don't even know if you continue. I guess you got to continue that feud, but what? Are both of them going to be in the Royal Rumble? I think think it's, I think Tribute to the Troops is out of continuity. In a little ways it is. Uh, yeah, in a little ways it is. I, I was watching main event on Tuesday after our uh, show last week. I was watching main event and it it aired live before SmackDown. 
So mm-hmm. SmackDown was being built up as the the night Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt are finally going to be back in the same building. In the same building, but not, you know, having a match. Not, not wrestling, no, but in the same building. Well, on main event, you know, one hour before they're actually on this live SmackDown, they promote the Bray Wyatt-Dean Ambrose match for Tribute to the Troops happening the next night. So you're right. watching this. If you're one of the probably, what, 100,000 people watching main event live, maybe not, maybe that's high. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 50,000. I don't know. Um, if you're one of those people, like the big push for SmackDown is to see them in the same ring. Well, you were just told if you wait the next night, you can see them wrestle again. Yeah, and it's not like you watched wrestling the night before and tonight. Right. You can watch it tomorrow as well. You can watch it tomorrow as well. Well, Dean Ambrose yeah. finally gets his win. I don't know if they're going to blow off the program with that or if they're going to wrestle again on a Raw in between now and Raw Rumble because he got plenty of time. Oh, there's six weeks. They'll do plenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dolph Ziggler won on that SmackDown. He won the WWE Linear Championship, (laughs) beating Seth Rollins uh, in a little bit of a surprise. That's the match that you would always see Dolph Ziggler in and lose to the guy who's seemingly more important, but not this time. It was SmackDown. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. All right. That might be all there is to it. But you know they're trying to make SmackDown more important now. Yeah, well, I guess if you keep Ziggler winning, he'll be more important, but he's still slotted below three or four other guys. He definitely is. I, I wonder, it's, people are still asking if this push is real or not, and it's still hard to tell. No, the answer's no. It's a, it's a push. It's not the push, but it's a not push. The push. It's yeah. a push. I mean, he's getting wins over Seth Rollins, who's a big deal. He's getting he's ha- he's had this push before when yeah. when you know when he had the Money in the Bank briefcase. Are we still waiting for the Triple H's to come back and the Brocks to come back uh, for the run to WrestleMania to where his TV time kind of gets pushed down a little bit and he's at the bottom of the card? God, I'm not. I don't want it. I assume it will. But is that going to happen? I, I, or I, I mean... assume Triple. Well, I mean, I, I think with the low ratings. From Monday's Raw, which to me are more indicative of the fact that it's a dead season in WWE and it's the holidays more than anything else. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to rush the authority back thinking, well, we need stars on this program and the authority are stars. Yeah. Which is a mistake. I still wonder because if Triple H comes back to wrestle... Are they going to use the storyline that John Cena brought him back just so he could wrestle? Like, he's not bringing him back into power. I I don't know if they're going to separate the Triple H wrestling from the Triple H power having. Like, if Triple H is going to come back for the push to WrestleMania still without power, or does he have to have power back to wrestle? Who are we putting him in WrestleMania with? Sting. Oh, that's right. Um, Oh, you already forgot Sting was there? Yes, I did, actually. For a moment, just because they they only allude to him. That's true. Seth uh, Rollins. It's weird because Seth Rollins keeps he's the one who keeps mentioning Sting. That vigilante Sting. Yeah, but like he makes it a point to bring up Sting. Like, what are they doing with Seth Rollins and Sting? Anything, or is it just he's got to be the one to say it so someone does? He's also the one saying the authority needs to come back. He's yeah. he's the guy. He's the guy giving the exposition. All right. It's a weird dynamic they got there. I have no idea how they do this unless Sting one night just takes over the program and ruins it or something. And then it's like, well, we need Triple H back. But then you're turning Sting heel, which I don't think is a good idea. No, God, no. Absolutely not. Um, We go into uh, we go from Dean Ambrose getting his big baby face win over Bray Wyatt. We go from Dolph Ziggler getting his big baby face win over Seth Rollins. To another big babyface win. Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. Beating Andre the Giant. We are running down the WWE.com's top 100 matches to see on WWE Network. So these are only matches that are available on the network right now. Nothing is included in this list that at the time this list was created. If it's not on the WWE Network, it's not in this list. Is but, there anything from 95 Nitros? Because apparently they've been having problems with that today. They Yeah, they took off some of the Nitros. Um, they put on some, what, Tuesday Night Titans or Primetime? And they crap. took off the first 12 Nitros. But uh, we'll see. It might just be a small, a, long, a short-term thing. Who knows? Right. Um, 
But we go into Hulk Hogan and Andre. This is match number 95. If -hmm. you want to see some of our previous reviews or you want to follow along with us, because there's some people out there that are following along and watching these matches as we do, which is really cool. Uh, If you watch the matches that are coming up next and want to give your thoughts on them, uh, hit us up at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, and we'll start incorporating your thoughts into our uh, reviews of these matches. So uh, that's pretty cool. But we're at Hogan and Andre, a match that I was actually surprised to be this low on the list at 95, uh, just because of its importance. You would think that this would be like, I was actually anticipating this being in the top 10 when I first, you know, browsed this list, but no, it's at number 95. I think it's, it's, uh, it's a little underappreciated on this list. I you, think it should be higher. When, when we were watching this, you had uh, texted me like, uh, and I still don't have a breaking news, but I can't believe I'm slow, so slow to this. <laughs> what did I do? You texted me saying, alert the media. I enjoyed Hogan and Andre more than I thought. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's, that's something. So well, I, no, well, okay. Explain, explain that. What, when you went into this match, watching Hogan and Andre, a match that, let's be honest, all of us have seen at least the final few moments, maybe a hundred times. Yeah, but I hadn't really sat down and watched the whole thing, a, the build or the whole thing since I rented the WrestleMania three videotape. Okay, so I what, think. what were your thoughts going in? And then I'll explain and, what I was kind of going in with. Well, let me let me explain the lead up here and why sure. why why the the reasoning for the text. I hate Hulk Hogan. Okay. As a person, as oh. a human being, I do not like Hulk Hogan. Oh, okay. He killed he killed two wrestling companies. He killed my wrestling company for the most part. Um, if you consider Jim Crockett into WCW one of them, uh, you know the same thing. Um, by the time I got into WWF, I was well into my NWA fandom and I was watching Coliseum home videos that I rented from a video store and I liked some of them, but I always found Hogan hokey. I found Hogan wrestling for children and I wasn't into that at that time. Um, I watched the first three wrestle WrestleMania three had just happened. And then I watched the first two before that to get into it. But I do. In my area, we never had access to WWF television unless you had cable, and I didn't get cable until I was into my teens. Um, we got Saturday night's main event. That was pretty much our our knowledge of the product. I, I remember it's funny because the first time I ever saw WWF programming, I had gone over to a friend's house with cable, and I was like, oh, I can finally watch this WWF wrestling. It's It's wrestling. It'll be great. And it was Tuesday night, and it was Tuesday night Titans. And it was the dumbest thing I had ever seen, and there was no wrestling on it. It was just that talk show. And I remember Bobby Heenan had gone into a cave to find the missing link. <laughs> so that was my first views of WWF. And, I, mm-hmm. you know, I enjoyed Saturday night's main event for what it was. But, you know, and there were some great characters, but Hogan was always hokey to me. And watching this lead up and, and everything to it, um, there was real genuine animosity here, or so it appeared, within Andre and Heenan and Hogan, which I enjoyed. You know, the whole, uh, was it the Snake Pit interview with Andre and Heenan? That was a really well done promo. But But then we get into the match, and the match is great. It's it's historically important, but it's also a great simple match. I'd liken it to what a lot of people call this year's match of the year, the AJ Styles Minoru Suzuki match. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a big moves match, but it's a very simple, straightforward story. And, and there are a few things that just that that caught my eye that I had never noticed before when watching this. Uh, the first is Andre coming out. Uh, when they're, they're using those gimmicks with the, uh, the mini ring yeah, to drive them all the way, all the way down, mm-hmm. at least for Andre, mm-hmm. he's waving like he's a baby face. Oh yeah, sure. And he's getting trash thrown at him and it's great. And I'm not sure if the network version is different than the usual version. I thought they used eye of the tiger originally for Hogan. I thought this was before real American, but I they, could be wrong. Um, I'm not really sure, but yeah, I think they just overdubbed it. Right. Then that's why the crowd reaction was so odd. Yeah. Um, the the second thing I noticed just as an overall view is listening to the commentary. Mm-hmm. 
Jesse Ventura is the one leading the commentary, and he's the one telling the story. And in the story, he's not healing it up. Andre is the baby face in the commentary. Andre's the big hero who's never been beaten before in Jesse Ventura's commentary. And Jesse is into this match. This might be Jesse, Jesse Ventura's best match call I've ever heard. And I've listened to a lot of his calling up matches. He's not comedying it up. He's not joking it up. He's not yucking it up. He's telling the story, and Gorilla's the one who's interjecting from time to time. Yeah. Oh, he was really now, into it. Oh, yeah. He was into and, it. And, and he's talking strategy, and he's talking, you know, what's going on in the match. I mean, he is a strong uh, mixture of a color play-by-play guy in this match. But he's also not healing it up on behalf of Andre, except maybe once, I think. Andre's the hero to him right. in this match because he's the one who was wronged. Um, in terms of the match, it's it's very simple and very well done. Hogan's going for the body slam far too early and hurts his back, and Andre just works on it the entire match. Yeah. Hey, and, he, knew, he knew what had to be done. And say what you will about you know Andre being immobile. He was still giving all sorts of emotion, even though he couldn't move around. No, yeah, and that was that noticeable. Ring. Right. No, that was very noticeable. But, but I mean, the whole match centered around Hogan's back, including tearing off the floor mats and doing the, you know, the rather sloppy backdrop onto the concrete. When, when Hogan, tr- you know, Hogan kept trying these power moves to get Andre down, like pile drivers and body slams, and failing because he's not strong enough. And that's the whole point of the match until you get up to the body slam. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was a great match. And, and the crowd. My God, the crowd was so into this match. It it was such a... a, Between the commentary, the match, and the crowd, it's just... It's everything pro wrestling should be. It's a great match. Everybody should watch it. When I... uh, Because I've maybe seen this match two or three times all the way through. But again, I think everyone's seen the final few moments a hundred times. Slam me, boss. All I could remember, because the last time I saw this was only about six months ago. Um, I can't remember the situation, but I actually watched it all the way. I think I was trying to show somebody this match. Like, they knew of Andre and Hogan, but they never saw the match or something like that. So I show it to them. And I remember thinking during this match, like, oh man, it's it's still going. It's still going. When do they get to the, the scoop slam and the leg drop? Yeah, it's longer than you think. It's long. If you haven't gone back and rewatched Hogan and Andre from WrestleMania 3, it is long. What does it go, like 10, 11 minutes? I'm going to get the exact time here, but it goes much longer than I remembered it going. And I don't know if that hurt my enjoyment of it uh, the first time or not. This time I knew what to expect. I knew that it was a long match. I knew there was a lot of selling in the back, and mm-hmm. you had to do that so we can't you know, slam the giant. And uh, yeah, it goes 12 minutes, this match. 12 minutes. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a must watch. Like this, I can't believe it's number 95 on the list because this is a must watch match. You have to watch this one to understand not just the history of pro wrestling, but to understand exactly how big Hulk Hogan was. And the history of WrestleMania. History of WrestleMania. I mean, let's face it. There were almost 100,000 people in the building to see this thing. (laughs) Let's face the facts here. So many people watching this match. And you know what it does in historical perspective? It makes you realize how much they wasted the big show. Right. Because now every, you know, every other guy they bring up is six, nine or taller. And Andre didn't do much, but he was a giant and therefore he was great. Big show. They killed in his, what, his second match or his first match when he was Paul White. Oh, in WWE, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, and you're just like, Ugh. I mean, in in at least when he was in WCW, they knew how to book him. To be honest with you, may not he, have been because he c- was their big giant. I mean, yeah, he was their guys, giant, but... and he treated them. I mean, they they gave him the legacy of Andre. Right. They put him in there with Hogan. They made him seem important. And yeah, the monster truck match at Halloween Havoc is stupid. I'll <laughs> give you that, but. What they did for the Giant in his first match out, mm-hmm. being a rookie, made him a guy. I uh, it ain't that hard, kids. No, it's really not. Yeah, that the whole 
you know, Big Show coming into WWE in February, doing, you know, slamming Austin through the cage, costing Vince actually the loss. And then can you even remember the build up to that WrestleMania? I mean, I do. It involved Mick Foley and involved, but, but Paul White was a nothing didn't already. They, didn't they? Yeah, they had White lose his, his, the next week on Raw to Austin, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they had that. And then, uh, and this is completely from memory, but he was wrestling Mick Foley to be the ref. Yes. In the main event. Yes. Yeah. And it didn't work out too well for Paul White. Then he would become the big show and he tried out that, uh, that phrase. He, he wanted a catchphrase. Right. And to this day, he never actually got one, but I remember him trying out different catchphrases and he had for a couple of weeks and that's the last word. <laughs> tried that out for like four weeks and then it died. Uh-huh. He, would, he would do his whole spiel, and that's the last word. Terrible. Big show, Paul White. But hey, he's kept the same entrance music effectively for the last 14 years with one minor change in between. Uh, that's Paul White. And that's Hulk Hogan and Andre. Obviously a must-watch match. Yes. Spend, much better much better than I remembered it. Spend 15 minutes. You watch that one. Um, and listen to Ventura, because Ventura is awesome on it. Listen. It's an important match in Mania history. Important match in WWE history. An important match in American history. Hogan and Andre. Next week, we're going to talk about Cactus Jack against Triple H Mm -hmm. in a street fight. Not Triple H yet. Still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Well, you just ruined what I was setting up. Oh, shit. Sorry. (laughs) Pretend that didn't happen, everybody. Cactus Jack versus Triple H in a street fight. In Madison Square Garden. To that point, it could be one of two matches. But you gave it away. We're going to talk the September 22nd, 1997. If they have fight. the list, they know. It's not that big of... Okay, fine. I'm just saying, maybe they didn't... Maybe they're not reading the list. Maybe they're waiting no, no, for us fine. to tell I'm the matches. No, no, fine. I'm the bad guy. I'm no, the bad I'm just, guy here. I'll you're take not that. a bad guy. No, well, I, I wasn't saying that I was setting up anything important. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, we're going to get to the first of what will be two street fights between these two that are on the list of the top 100. We are going to watch the September 22nd Raw match from 1997, uh, the debut of Cactus Jack, indeed. So we're going to talk about that one on next week's Shake Them Ropes. Next week's Shake Them Ropes, also a very big one. It's going to be the 2014 Year End Awards and Year in Review show. The we're, Robbies. I, yeah. It can be the Robbies. It can be the Ropers. Okay. The ropes. I don't know what you could call it, but uh, we're going to do our <laughs> inaugural award show, the year end review. It's going to be yes. a, our new year gift to all of you. Hopefully you consider it a positive gift. <laughs> There's no receipt, so you can't take it back. So a very big show coming up next week. It is the holiday treat it is the year end re- uh, review show, as well as cactus Jack and triple H from raw. Uh, for mm-hmm. this week's Shake Them Ropes, hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. Catch us at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter and ShakeThemRopes.com, as well as VoicesOfWrestling.com. Rob McCarran saying goodbye. And I'm on the naughty list. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 